Well, good morning, real estate fans, and welcome to The Real Estate Show. I'm Alice Lima here with Pete Bell Castro. We're both brokers at John L. Scott in Southern Oregon. And what an interesting week we had this week, Pete. Can you believe all the ups and downs in our market? You know, uh, despite what goes on, people are out there living their life, you know, and uh, that's the good part of it. And, you know, what's, what's so weird, Alice, is that it's like middle of winter. We're in the winter selling season and all three markets in Klamath, Jackson, Josephine counties. They're all kind of uh, the same thing. Uh, listings are, are staying relatively stable. Lots of things are moving. People are, are the demand is certainly out there. And, uh, you know, the big issue that we face, as we've been talking about, you know, is, is the number of the listings, the inventory that's out there. And what better way to talk about inventory? Uh, you got to, I guess you have to build things, right, to, to accommodate somewhere along the way. And so we're going to talk today with uh, City of Medford's Planning Department Director, uh, Matt Brinkley, who's going to update us on uh, some things regarding, you know, building, what's going on, what's being built, where is it being built? And is it going to solve any of the housing problems that we face? Yeah, we're so excited. We haven't had Matt on for a while. And the last time he was here, we were talking about the executive order at the time, which would allow folks to have up to four dwellings on their property in town, not in the rural district, but in town. Um, but uh, maybe we can get an update on that as well, because that situation would allow people to add units to their existing property without subdividing, which would be quite interesting. Well, that, that, that doesn't even take place in, in Jackson County until 2023. So we're way down the road before that's even going to be implemented around here. But, you know, the biggest thing is that it's the market. What's happening with it? You know, interest rates are so low. We're still seeing, you know, not a lot of, of sales activities for about 50 a, a week in Jackson County, maybe 20 in Josephine, 17 Klamath, kind of thing like that. But there's still a lot of activity going out there. And with interest rates the way they are, it's really about inventory, where it comes from, where it's being built, who's building it, and, and are, they, are they meeting the needs of the community? And that's really uh, Matt's, Matt's work and role. And we're going to really find out a lot about that, I think, in the next hour. I guarantee people you will know more about uh, what's going on in Jackson County in the next, uh, in the next hour than you will anywhere else. And we're so excited to be uh, getting our updates from the Director of Planning, City of Medford, Matt Brinkley, today. So uh, this is brought to you by the Rogue Valley Association of Realtors. Pete and Alice will be right back. You do not want to miss this next hour. Castro. We're both brokers at John L. Scott Southern Oregon, and we're so happy today to be talking to Matt Brinkley, the city of Medford. There's so much going on in the city of Medford and developments and such, so welcome to the show, Matt. Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for having me again. It's good to be back, and uh, Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, and during the break, uh, you and Pete were kind of talking about some of the things that were going on. Do you want to bring us up to speed? Yeah, so we continue to have a lot of development activity that despite uh, COVID-19, we were really concerned, understandably, about the impact of COVID-19, both in the short term and really over the kind of middle to long term on development activity. And um, understandably, we had a huge decline in the number of land use permits in March. 
kind of bleeding into April, but by May, that seemed to start turning around a little bit, you know, and I can only speculate as to the reasons why, but interest rates, as you know, continue to go down. That's on the residential as well as the commercial side of things. And debt is really cheap right now. Um, and of course, if you're looking at, you know, a huge development, whether it's a big residential subdivision or it's a commercial project, the cost of your land use entitlements is just a tiny fraction of that. I know that um, some developers, uh, you know, would, would argue with that, but, you know, in a $20 million project, your land use entitlements uh, are just a little bit. So there's no reason, I think, uh, to kind of hold back. And I think a lot of developers realized that it was going to be a good time to move forward with those land use entitlements. And so we've had a lot of activity across the board. And most surprisingly, I think to me, um, the residential part of it, we have people um, who continue to want to move here from other pay, uh, other places. And, um, you know, that was something that we've seen over the past couple of decades as uh, Medford enjoys net in migration. A lot of people have come here, of course, to retire. That continues to be the case. Um, a lot of people just come here for quality of life and they have the ability to do that, even though uh, they're working, they can work from anywhere. Um, but recently with COVID-19, we've seen people leaving large metros, something you read about in the newspaper all across the United States. And that is the case here. I mean, in terms of, you know, we have benefited, so to speak, from that influx of uh, people who are leaving um, other metros. And of course, we continue to have a pretty steady stream of folks coming out of California where affordability is, I, we talk about affordability being an issue here in the Rogue Valley, and it most certainly is. But in California, the entire state practically is just, in, it was unaffordable before, and now it's even more unaffordable. It just keeps on getting worse. And people- Well, Matt, let me interrupt you. We're heading yeah. in that same direction here. Uh, in our own valley with uh, equity increases, which are great for homeowners in the double digits. And we're going to see that, I think, when 2020 is all tabulated up, we're going to see in the double digits maybe around 14 or 15% in, in just in Jackson County. So you're you're absolutely right with that. I like to know from you of these, I know you got a lot of different developments that you said you talk about this, there's a lot of money coming in. What types of homes, what types of developments are are we are you actually seeing? Are they all what we've already seen in the past and the same, you know, three bedroom, two bath, little tiny lot kinds of things in East Medford or, or tell us a little bit about what is going to be built next. Everything continues to be pretty low density. Um, so it's a lot of single family detached, uh, smaller lots typically our SFR six zone is, you know, probably our most popular zone right now. We just see a lot of new development going in, in SFR six, but there's a lot of, uh, a lot of development in SFR4, those are, you know, that's kind of up to a quarter um, acre lot. So um, we see a lot of that still. That is the largest zone that we have in the city uh, by a lot. It's, you know, thousands of acres. Um, so we're still getting a lot of those permits. And, you know, people coming from, say, the Bay Area or something like that, you know, they come here with the expectation that they're going to have a little bit of a yard at the very uh -huh. Absolutely. They'll get a little bit more room uh, for them. I mean, they'll get a lot more for their money. And uh, so that continues to be the expectation. That's what we see getting built mostly. Last year, we had a really good year for multifamily, um, you know, in terms of land use entitlements. This year, not so much. 
What, um, what, does, what do you mean by how much multifamily there? You brought that up there. And so tell us what you, how much multifamily versus the single family that yeah. just talked about. Yeah, I mean, we've single family has always outpaced multifamily. And it's historically, and this is a real solid trend going back 20, 30 years, probably. It's always been about 65, 35%, that split between single family development and multifamily. And multifamily, understand, goes all the way from duplex up to, um, you know, multiplex apartment complexes. Uh, so what we tend to see is we, we do get a lot of duplexes, kind of lower density, multifamily. Um, you know, we're seeing a little bit of townhouse development, very little condo still. I think we still have um, a lot of challenges with, uh, you know, the law, or, you know, lawsuits uh, around condominiums until the state figures out a way to make condominiums easier and more reasonable to do. We're just not going to see a lot of condominiums, unfortunately, and that's too bad because um, it's a it's a good way to develop. It it enables people to do different building types um, and provide you know um, you know address a market that is clearly yeah. there. We know it is so. Yeah. So, Alice, do you think that that is a healthy uh, what we're doing in terms of the housing? Because you and I always have this discussion about what we're building, uh, the supply and demand. Uh, what do you think of what? What, what, what you've heard? Well, you know, there definitely has been a housing shortage for a while and that's been exasperated by not only the COVID but the fires. Um, I think a lot of people do move here to get that little bit of elbow room and they want a three bedroom, two bath or something more single family oriented, but at the same time to accommodate the uh, population increase, regardless of where the population increase is coming from. Um, I think the multifamily movement is going to be where it's at. And the um, executive order that was passed by Governor Brown a few years ago, allowing people to perhaps put up to four dwellings on one lot in the city limits in the state of Oregon, um, I think that is going to be a pretty interesting phenomena in Oregon. Um, but I don't know that that's been adopted yet, has it, Matt? Oh, yeah, that's law. And they, uh, Let's see, the Land Conservation Development Commission recently adopted administrative rules oh, uh, good. to okay. implement that state statute. So that just happened recently. Uh, there are still some things that they need to resolve, some details that need to be worked out as there always are with these, uh, with legislation, you know, the devil's always in the details, um, but that's done. And so Medford being a city of more than 25,000 falls into the large uh, city category, and we will need to adopt our regulations or figure out how we're going to address House Bill 2001 by 2023. So we've got a couple years to do it. Uh, smaller communities tend to 25,000, and so for your listeners who are working in markets like Ashland um, and uh, Central Point, um, it, potentially Eagle Point, if they go past, if they reach 10,000, um, they're going to have to do some things different, but not very much. They're just going to have to allow duplexes on every single family zone lot. Um, so may or may not change very much in those communities. I, I can't really speak to that. Um, but we will have to allow up to quadplexes uh, by 2023. 
in our single family zones. And how that gets worked out is gonna be a little bit tricky and uh, definitely a topic for an entire um, show. So <laughs> I'm happy to do that at some point. We will be looking at that very soon. Uh, but when you talk about the you know, market um, for multifamily, we had a market study that was completed in 2019 by Johnson Economics. And they were forecasting a demand for 174 rental apartments every year. So that's, again, duplex up to multiplex buildings, um, not even including condominiums and townhomes for which there's additional demand. Um, but that's a huge part of the market. And as we talk to area employers, like the hospitals, for example, that's a real pinch point uh, because they have a problem attracting and retaining talent when you know a nurse, for example, does pretty well, makes a good income, uh, but just can't find what they want, something that fits their lifestyle, their needs in that in the price range that they're able to afford. And um, so that that's the challenge right now, and uh, huge demand for that stuff. Stuart Meadows has done very well. Mm -hmm. um, we have building permits out on the mixed use. I think it's like a hundred and ten unit mixed use um, project that will go in Cedar Landing. Um, so some interesting things happening and a lot of interest from the development community, particularly out of Portland, as they look at the fallout um, from the unrest this past summer. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of focus on other communities, other urban communities like Medford um, that are desirable. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad there uh, with Portland developers coming down into, uh, <laughs> into the road. That, that makes a headache thinking about that because, uh, you know, our valley is so different. You know, people talk about the way Bend went. You know, Bend was able to develop a lot. And Plymouth is, is somewhat similar to that, Alice, because it has land uh, around it that is not, you know, ag land and things like that. And so it's easy to develop in Bend. But Gosh, you know, when you get into the Rogue Valley, you know, where do you go anymore and how do you develop the land and, and, and what kinds of things are we putting in? We've had, we've been having this discussion all, all 11 years of this show, <laughs> the same, the same discussion of what we're building and where we're building it and, and, and what we're building. And, you know, I can't wait, Matt, have you had anybody, I, we've, I know we've got a break coming up. I'm just curious if anybody's actually even talked about building yet on you know, duplexes on single family lots, what that's gonna mean in some of our, our areas. We need more density inside our communities. We can build more additional dwelling units so much easier than, than some of this stuff. Uh, and yet, you know, regulations and stuff and expenses are really tough. And we, a lot of people struggle with that, but you're gaining equity every year. So, you know, uh, with low interest rates, maybe these are the times to do this because it's amazing what's happening in the market. Yeah. Yeah, um, we've definitely had a lot of interest in that idea of converting existing single family. Um, I'll tell you what, we got our first cottage cluster um, application, which has been approved by our site plan and architectural commission. And that's a conversion of what were two derelict single family homes. Um, so not a lot of land, uh, two single family homes that weren't doing anything for anybody. And now we're going to get 12 uh, cottages. So wow. Um, Great project, really excited, and we've got building permits out on it. So it took a little while from um, site plan approval to the building permit stage, um, but we should see that start to happen in the next few months. And we'll be really excited to get that first cottage cluster project built here in Medford. So that, does that mean they're taking those other buildings down? And I know we've got a break coming up. We've just got so much to talk about. So 
to get those 12 units, are they removing the existing structures? Yeah, they were, uh, they were in bad shape, you know, to the point where um, it's just good money after bad. So it's better just to, just to doze them and start over. <laughs> Sometimes. Good fitness to it. Yeah. Well, we've got a break coming up, folks. Uh, we're sponsored today by the Rogue Valley Association Realtors. We're very grateful uh, for their support. That's what's bringing this conversation with Matt Brinkley in the city of Medford. So we will be right back after these messages. Do not touch that dial. You will learn more in this next hour than you will all week about Oregon real estate. Well, welcome back, real estate fans, to The Real Estate Show. Alice Lima here with Pete Belcastro. We're both brokers at John L. Scott, Southern Oregon. And we're here having a most lively conversation with Matt Brinkley of the city of Medford talking about future development, current development, and all things real estate in Southern Oregon. So thanks again, Matt, for being here. Um, during the break, we were just talking about some of the changes our little valley can be expecting, and you were just mentioning something about ADUs. Yeah, so the Medford City Council, upon recommendation of the Housing Advisory Commission, uh, approved a new program that we've been kind of working on over the past year to encourage the development of accessory dwelling units. So an accessory dwelling unit, uh, go, you know, it's a granny flat, a Fonzie flat. Um, there are a whole bunch of different names for it, but it's that smaller dwelling unit that you might have above a garage, might actually be a room that you convert in your existing home. It's got its own kitchen, bathroom, all that kind of stuff, totally standalone dwelling unit. Um, and we really like them a lot here at the city of Medford because they provide affordable housing um, to folks who, you know, need something that's a little bit less expensive, but they also provide financial support and resilience for the homeowner um, because it's a source of income. And uh, with the kind of demand that we're seeing in the market these days for affordable rental units, it's something you can really count on. So uh, we have a new program where we are effectively getting rid of all of our system development charges that used to be charged to an ADU. And um, that used to come out to about $6,000, you know, um, with construction costs these days, unfortunately, you know, that's a fraction or percentage of the cost of building an ADU, but it's pretty significant, particularly for folks who are going to finance the construction of an ADU. Because if you pay interest on you know, that $6,000 over 20, 30 years, it really adds up and starts to make a little bit less sense when you're looking at collecting anywhere from 12 to $1,500 a month in rent on that unit. Um, also, in addition to the SDC reduction, which is gonna be, that's 18 months. So you gotta get in there and take advantage of it while you can. Uh, we're also coming up with, I think it's gonna be three to five prototypes for ADUs that will be permit ready. So uh, you'll be able to go into the building building and uh, development services counter there on the second floor of the Lozman Annex. Um, you know, tell them that you want, you're going to build ADU number one, um, you know, with a gable roof or something like that in a bay window. We'll have some architectural details that you can switch in and out um, and tell them what you want and show them where you're going to put it on your lot and you're good to go. You will not have to pay the architectural um, uh, fees, you know, for the design. Um, we're taking care of all of that. And uh, so again, that's another cost savings. In this case, I mean, probably $3,000, something like that. So you get, a, it's a full set of construction drawings. Um, 
with the exception of a couple of places in Medford, really over in East Medford, um, east of Foothills where we have expansive soils, you ought to be able to just use the plans right out of the box. Um, in those cases, you get to do something weird with a foundation, you might have to come back in and submit some additional stuff. But That is huge. That is a game changer. So would that also work um, with uh, third units? Because some of the lots are big enough to accommodate a third unit, fourth unit. Um, well, that's an interesting idea. It kind of depends on what the third or the, the next unit is. Um, and that's you know, whether or not that's considered to be an ADU, that's one of those House Bill 2001 issues that we'll need to resolve. Uh, House Bill 2001 does allow us to consider three separate standalone units to be a triplex or a duplex. It doesn't require us to do that, but it allows us to do it. Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see how Planning Commission, Housing Advisory Commission, and City Council want to handle that. Because you know well, it's going to come up. People are going to start asking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Alice always wants more there. You, you ever know that? See how that she actually does that, Matt? But that is really good news to hear. That, that's significant for a lot of people. You talked about renting them, and yes, you can rent them. And a lot of people, and one of the big things that we talk about each week on our show, what, what buyers are demanding or you know, are wanting anyway are kind of multifamily places in, in these additional dwelling units. So to hear you talk about that, especially if I'm staying in my home, that is, that is a significant incentive to actually get that done or get the permits done. And that was a pretty ingenious thing. I, I really, that's very clever. And uh, I think uh, that's gonna, I think that's gonna be a big hit. I hope other communities think about doing that, following that because that's really sounds very significant as an incentive for people to put, start doing some of that. Yeah, I mean, it's close to $10,000 in cost savings. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and to be fair, we're not the first community to do it. Portland has done it. Um, but we're probably one of the first outside of Portland okay. uh, to do the permit ready stuff. A couple places in California have done it. Um, but a big cost savings and hopefully just makes it a lot easier because most homeowners aren't developers. And having to go through the rigmarole of finding a design professional, an architect, let alone dealing with contractors, you know, that it, it makes it <laughs> difficult. And so this is a little bit less difficult, a lot less expensive. Um, and that's, that's what we wanted to be able to achieve. And when you talk about an opportunity for aging in place, that's exactly right. You might, uh, you know, buy that three, two, raise your, raise your family. Um, and then, you know, the kids go off, start their own families, and you're stuck with that three, two. This gives you an opportunity to stay in the same neighborhood to stay literally on the same property, move back into the ADU as you want to downsize, go down to, you know, one floor or something like that, and still get some income or have a place for your kids to come back to if they need to do so. Absolutely. See, these are two areas that the city of Medford has addressed by lowering the fees and making it less intimidated for average folks to start adding units. I think if we could have done that a long time ago, that we would be in a little better position housing inventory wise, because those are two huge roadblocks. People just can't get past the money expense. And it's very um, overwhelming to be in one of those uh, develop because basically you're starting to act like a developer. Yep. Yeah. yeah exactly right. Very intimidating. Yeah. Good Matt, for you guys. 
Matt, let me ask you this. What, you talked that there was like seven developments that you, that you have, were, were working with in the city of Medford right now. Map-wise, if I looked at a map of the city, where is this taking place? Uh, people always want to know. We don't want to, you know, go over farmland, we, you know, EFU lands or anything like that. So can you tell us where the, where the new construction continues to be or where it's going or kind of what, what do you see there around Medford? Well, it's interesting, you know, on land that's already in the city um, that's been in the UGV for like since 1991, what we're seeing on the kind of on the west side, southwest Medford, we see uh, partitions. So kind of small land divisions of lots that were like an acre, you know, they were uh, developed with a single family home when they were out in the county back in the 1950s, 1960s, whenever it was came into the city. And now those are beginning to densify a little bit. It's all single family stuff typically, uh, although I bet we'll, we will probably see some duplexes, some cottage clusters. I know a couple of folks have asked about that and come in for pre-applications. But with the new land that's coming in from the UGB, and uh, you mentioned Bend earlier, um, Bend finally expanded its UGB after like a million years. Medford did that, um, and we finished that up back in 2018. And now we're seeing those lands which were in, which are in the expanded UGB actually come into the city. And so I think uh, the current tally, as of the end of 2020, uh, we have annexed, I think it's close to a thousand acres of land. Um, and the UGB, when we expanded it, we included 1600 additional developable acres. Most of that was residential, most of it on the east side. Um, about a thousand acres total for residential specifically, the majority of it for low density stuff. Um, but there is some on the west side. And in fact, the first urbanization plan that we, uh, that we saw in the first annexation of that land um, is Southwest Medford, right on South Stage between Kings Highway, Orchard Home. And that development, um, which is about 30 acres, one of the smaller ones, about 120 units, single family units, probably some duplexes, townhouses, stuff like that. Um, but they're actually coming in for their zone change and their subdivision uh, this month. So um, that's a great positive sign that, um, you know, these developers are moving forward, um, uh, you know, and we'll see sticks in the air probably in a couple of years. Does the city does the city require that kind of a development to have multifamily units in it, in apartments, or or mix of uh, single families and things like that, Matt? Or can they all be just be single family units in it? Do you know? Well, so the uh, requirement is actually from the regional plan. That's the regional plan was something that um, Jackson County and six cities, including of course the city of Medford, worked on together to figure out how we we're going to accommodate a doubling of regional population over 50 years. And although things slowed from that pace considerably with the recession, and we were probably never gonna you know, double our population, although who knows what's gonna happen now with things like wildfires and, and uh, pandemics, um, but we still have strong growth. And that was the way that we were going to address that. One of the requirements of that plan is that we have a minimum residential density of 6.6 .6 dwelling units per gross acre. So that turns out to be a, a little bit higher um, when you take out you know, roads and stuff like that. Uh, so we have to hit that number. And um, you know, we do allow for some flexibility in de for developers to hit that number. Um, 
but uh, it's, it's a mix, you know, we have uh, some high density in with our low density. And what we've seen so far uh, in these urbanization plans, I think has been really good. Um, there's a real focus on creating not just neighborhoods for people to live, but neighborhoods for people to do all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Our neighborhoods are changing just the way our lives have changed at this pandemic and nothing's going to kind of go back to everything it was the way it was. And well, neighborhoods are going to change too. I never thought of it that way, but that's true. Absolutely. Well, and it's really impressive how, um, the city of Medford is really in front of a lot of these movements. Um, so I'm really proud of our community uh, for being so proactive. Yeah, me too. I think we've been able to do some pretty great things over the past uh, four years, um, but particularly with housing. And that's been uh, one of the most important things I think that we've been able to do, expanding that urban growth boundary and then directing um, or directly addressing housing our availability and affordability issues. Uh, it's gonna take a lot of work. There is no single solution to this. Um, so I think in the next you know, months, uh, years probably, um, you'll see a lot happening at the city of Medford to address this issue of housing affordability. In fact, tomorrow night, uh, city council will have a study session on this and we'll talk about some new strategies that we might look at as well as the strategies that we're continuing to work on. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, so when we come back from a break, we're going to talk more with Matt Brinkley, the city of Medford, about expansion, subdivision, and housing. And just a reminder, we are working remotely, so you will occasionally hear children, dogs, airplanes, people knocking on the door, that sort of thing. Because <laughs> we're, we're social distancing. <laughs> but um, we're really happy to have uh, Matt Brinkley here from the city of Medford. Uh, Pete Belcastro, Alice Lima, we will be back shortly after a message from our sponsors the Rogue Valley Association of Realtors, uh, Mutual of Omaha, Mortgage Guy Giles, and John L. Scott. We thank all of you. Do not touch that dial. Welcome back to the Real Estate Show, folks. I'm Alice Lima here with Pete Belcastro. Uh, we're both brokers at John L. Scott, and we're having the most interesting conversation with Matt Brinkley, the city of Medford. And uh, during the break, we were chatting about just how impressed and exciting both Pete and I are. And Pete, you were talking to Matt about uh, some of the reactions you were having to some of this news. Well, well, you know, there's a lot going on. Uh, I remember when I was down at the university still, whenever the Medford Planning Department or Planning Commission, we know would meet and they would spend hours and hours and hours. That meant there was a lot of business going on. And it's sometimes they have nothing going on, you know? So to hear Matt talk seven kind of development kind of things, there's a lot going on. And that's going to change our housing inventory, hopefully, that is so low right now, Alice, that is actually a historic lows and is not rising. Here we are in mid-January. So the pressure is going to continue supply and demand. And the city of Medford, look, is, is, has always been the leader here. And they continue to be. And as people, because of Matt and, and really some thinking how the city can lead in this housing deal and to hear some of these innovations i don't call them innovations to hear some of these ideas or whatever we want to call them is very encouraging finally to, to me uh to hear that there is some movement going on to address some of these issues that geez we talk about year after year after year and nothing seems to seems to improve this might actually do something yeah i mean there's still a lot of work to be done obviously um, we're kind of laying the foundation for um, additional housing. It, it won't happen overnight, unfortunately. We're going to continue to struggle with 
housing affordability and availability issues um, you know, for several years. But uh, we have the opportunity to really significantly increase our inventory. Right now, I, really over the past, uh, I, I don't know how many years now, we've looked at uh, one to 2% vacancy rates in the rental market. Um, and that is, that's not enough to keep up with demand. I mean, we know that we have pent up demand. People are doubling it up. They're staying with family members. And uh, as Alice, I think, mentioned earlier in the show, particularly after the Almeda fire and, you know, the, the great tragedy of the Almeda fire um, is that it, it disproportionately affected people who were low income. They were on fixed incomes in those manufactured housing parks. Um, and that is going to be a challenge, although we are reasonably confident that a lot of those parks are going to come back. Uh, we know that a few of them are going to have real difficulties. Some of the older parks where they had smaller units, um, they're not going to be able to replace those. Uh, so, you know, when they're replaced with larger units, they're going to lose, um, they're going to lose space for additional units. So that's going to be a challenge. Um, and something that, you know, like you said, Pete, Pete, uh, Medford understands that it is right in the middle of this whole issue. Um, and didn't happen, you know, to, to Medford. Fortunately, it didn't spread. That would have been just unimaginably catastrophic. Um, but that means that we have the ability to kind of help out and do what we need to do. Um, so, you know, these are people who live in this region. Um, they're our neighbors, whether they live within the city limits of Medford or not. And so we understand that that's an important responsibility for us. Here's an interesting part of our market, Matt, that, that Alice and I uh, talk about like every week here in terms of, is, of the inventory and what's out there. You talked about that. And, and just, this is just Jackson County. So it's not just city of Medford, but in all of Jackson County, this last, this last week, there were 247 stick built homes on the market. And of those 247 of them, 133. So over half of the market were homes priced at $500,000 and above. And yeah. so you see, and most of us aren't up there. <laughs> most of us are down here. And I cannot tell you on, on the, the lead generation systems that are out there, how many, 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 many people get onto those things and they, the numbers, the availability of the affordability doesn't even match anything in our valley. So, you know, uh, we have to have supply and demand and, and all these kinds of things there. Boy, um, it's a tough thing to hit. And, um, you know, you're working on it. You've been doing that a long, you've been doing this a long time, you know, and uh, you're, you're getting pretty good at it it sounds like you're you're hitting all those buttons that we always talk about in housing right now yeah i i hope so um and i couldn't do it alone i have great people working with me uh who help us do this um and i think that we will begin to see you know some progress um over the next couple of years uh that's what i'm i'm really hopeful about you know the one of the toughest things is going to be kind of cracking that nut for middle income families so that you know they're able to buy at market rates um, mm -hmm. a single-family home, and um, you know, like I said earlier, it's going to take all sorts of different kinds of solutions to make that happen. Um, but I believe that we can get there. Um, we're just going to need to be open um, to different what? ideas and and commit ourselves to it. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest problem with condos? Why? Why? What? Because that's a, that's a viable. A housing option, as you mentioned earlier in the show, why do we have such a difficulty of it here? So I haven't looked at the condo uh, law too closely, 
Um, but this is this is what I gather from uh, my my attorney and and uh, real estate friends. Um, you know, you have the liability issue, which is pretty significant. It really stifles development of condos. Um, and then the process of creating a condo here in Oregon is just, it, it, it strikes me as being unnecessarily complicated. So this is actually something that isn't approved through like a local land use process. And then um, it has kind of a civil law um, element where there, there's creation of like an HOA or something like that so that everybody understands how, you, how they're going to maintain common areas, which is the big issue, you know, with condos. Um, it's actually something that has to be, it, it's run through the state and, um, you know, that slows things down, you know, I've heard anecdotally that can, and, and every time you make something more complicated and you add that layer of bureaucracy, you just give a developer one more reason to right. do whatever it is they've done before and they're comfortable with. Yeah. And that's a huge issue. You know, here in the Rogue Valley, we have a lot of developers who, um, have grown up, like literally grown up building single family detached housing. Yeah, exactly. They've been very successful with it. They oh, know how to do it. It's their comfort zone. They know how to make money doing that. And there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but, you know, what we need, quite frankly, are for developers to try something different. And, right. you know, if you just, if you, if you pile on the disincentives, I can guarantee you, you're not going to get anybody to do it. <laughs> That's a great way to end the show. That's exactly true. And it's good. It's good to hear that that's happening for you in uh, in the city of Medford. To be honest, because you know our market is 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 just uh, we're, we're so deprived of inventory. A lot of people are staying. What are the reasons? We don't know. I'm so glad to hear about your additional the ADU. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Was there a name for all of the ADU issue? Or what, what do you call that thing? Oh, I I had some name for it, but uh, some acronym. But you know, well, anyway. it's just the. Uh, the ADU cost reduction program and uh, tell everybody you know about it. We want to see all those ADUs getting built over the next 18 months. And then after that as well. And I want you to keep track of us and let Alice and I know, would you, how many people actually apply for this and do this because it could have a significant impact really right in the city of Medford. There's thousands of homes there and a lot of people yeah. would really like to do this. So that's, that's great to hear. Good luck. Well, to you actually, on I'll be one of the people going down there probably <laughs> tomorrow. I'll be the one asking about three three units. That'll be me. <laughs> Can I have two ADUs? Well, that'll uh, be my not question. Yet. Not yet, <laughs> but you know, call your city councilor and you uh, tell them you would like to see the land development code updated to allow two ADUs. Yeah, we'll sure. see. We'll see how far I get. Well, Matt Brinkley from City of Medford, thank you so much. You're just a wealth of uh, education, information, and hopefulness. So thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks again for having me. Always we'll do it again soon. Yeah. Okay, Alice Lima, Pete Belcastro saying have a fabulous Southern Oregon weekend. Talk to you later. Bye now.